see if you knock that mic over this time. It will happen. <laughs> you could try not to. I don't understand how you don't knock your mic over. I mean, I just, I'm used to having a mic and I know how to engage with it. And that's fine. You, your hands are always just like in your lap or something. I always hold on to the Oh, I'm certainly not holding it. And, you know, then I get excited. Why do you hold it? I just... That's weird. Why do, Why even hold it? Because I want to keep it sturdy. It's fine. It's, it's sturdier when you don't touch it, clearly, because like, you hold it and then let it go and it falls on your face. But I feel like I have so much energy that I want to like take out on something because I'm so excited to be entertaining the masses in this <laughs> brilliant podcast of ours. I'd call it the masses, but sure. The masses, the world, <laughs> the world, the great wide world. This is like when ours. Big Brother says, America is voting. And it's like, sweetie, <laughs> <laughs> let's be serious. But it's just like, I need some way to like release my energy mm. besides just my voice. So like if I like grab onto the microphone, then that okay. like releases a little bit of tension for me. That's worrying. I think you should see someone about all I'm of just, that. I'm just, it's not worrying to be excited to be performing. Yeah. But like if you were on stage, you wouldn't have to like hold a railing <laughs> to like do your job. Uh, sometimes you do. Sometimes, oh, sometimes yeah. you have to like release tension in some sort of way. So it's just like, oh, I'm, I have this prop in my hand and I'm squeezing on it. <laughs> oh my God, this sounds scary. I mean, I have a lot of energy. What can I say? I don't know. Gotta let it out somehow. I guess so. Hey everybody, welcome back to a Two Gay Matt's podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And what a week it's been. We're counting down the days till Christmas. Oh. All I want for Christmas is you is number one again. I mean, hopefully it's happening this week. I saw on Twitter that it was predicted. It was predicted. I think it's going to be close. Okay. We're still counting close. the points. We're still counting the ballots. Who are we Who are we uh, up against? Uh, I feel like we're up against, oh, I don't know, rocking around the Christmas tree or something. Some, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But I think we're going to be up there and I think it'll be fine. But I know that it's going to be close. That's all I heard from the lamps. So. All right, guys. Well, this is like the is as important as the 2020 election. Like, do I, what you need to do. <laughs> I mean, it's already been number one, but I would like it to be number one every single year. So and I guess it's been number one this year. But again, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd like it to be number one okay. every holiday season. 2020 like, into 2021. Yeah, I think it's appropriate. So um, Matt Steele, uh-huh. how was your week? The worst possible thing thing that ever could happen happened this Wait, week. really? I feel like I've lived with you and didn't know this happened. So I worked Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. And that's it. No, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's more to the story. Okay. Um, so the supervisor that was supposed to supervise on Tuesday okay. had a cough on Tuesday. I don't like that, especially since you're sitting next to me. But no. <laughs> and so she, of course, like couldn't, this is a supervisor I haven't worked with in like weeks. Mm. Um, and so, of course, she couldn't come in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, my manager, like, asked the other supervisors. There are, like, four supervisors, mm. um, four people trained as supervisors. Yeah. Uh, and none of them could do it. Were you the supervisor? And I have been working at this restaurant <gasps> oh for eight years. Oh, my God. She got years. promoted. No, I did not get promoted, girl. My paycheck is still the same. But for these eight years, mm. I would say, like, I would say, like, around, like, Year three, they started asking me, would you like to be trained for supervisor? And I was like, absolutely (laughs) not. Why not? Year four, would you like to be trained for supervisor? Absolutely not. And then by like year six, I was like, don't ever ask me. Oh, (laughs) my God. I never, ever. Is it more of a time commitment or something if you're a supervisor? It's a little bit more of a time commitment, but it's just like I also don't want to... I, I don't want to be the one in charge. I want to be the one to refer to an, ang- an angry oh customer. Oh my to gosh! Else. And like I, I don't I don't want to feel as attached, more attached to the restaurant than I already am. Mm. Um, and so my general manager called me on Tuesday and was just like, "I know you've never been trained supervisor, and you don't know how to do like the numbers at the end of the day and mm. everything, but like 
could you just act as supervisor wow. on Tuesday? And so I was like, I guess. If oh you my need gosh. Me You're like Lorelai Gilmore. She I, had a bed and breakfast, right? I don't know. I didn't watch that show. All I'm my girlfriends sure did. did. Um, but it, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. But, and so I was like, okay, I did it. It was fine. Yeah. And that night, there was an anti-mask rally in Santa Monica. No. And anti-maskers were marching up and no. down the street. And I was like, Jesus Christ, if these people try to come into the restaurant while I am in charge, I will I will call the police. And <laughs> oh I will I will I I don't think we have a gun at the restaurant, but I will find a gun. Oh my god. <laughs> and threaten them. Did they try to come in? No, they didn't, of okay. course. Not. I, there was, I saw there were like policemen behind them, like probably making sure they didn't like go into any establishment. What is the purpose of an anti-mask rally? Are you just against like you believe this is a hoax and that three hundred thousand people have just died uh, on they, their own? They like want people to be free or whatever. Uh, like right but it's like fun. that's why you wear a seatbelt in the car so you don't fly out of it and get into an accident. That's like what I'm Mask is yeah, it's whatever. Okay, but whatever. They did not touch me. I did not go near them. All I said they were shadowy figures in the street. Um, but the day I went fine. I did what I needed to do. I remembered to turn the air conditioner off, which was like number one rule. Okay, um, I locked the doors, which is second rule. Good, good. Um, then Wednesday, my friend Ryan was supposed to supervise, uh, and. Ryan that morning was a little congested. Oh my god! And the, the way it works, like in the restaurant, like. If you are not feeling well in any way, even if it's not a COVID symptom, even if it's like nausea or like... I mean, that's good. Or like an earache, yeah. you cannot come I into the restaurant um, until you are either cured of your non-COVID symptom or until you get tested right. if you have like a COVID symptom. Um, and so... Again, couldn't find another person. I, ever, mean, so I had to be supervisor. It sounds like you've Two been promoted to supervisor. Promoted. I, really, to me, I, 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 to be fair, I was not the supervisor. Mm. Like, if if there were any problems, they were not directed to me. Like, they were directed to me, and then I would like text my manager, right? Um, but. Uh, Luckily, there weren't any big problems. I mean, or you, it was just I was just there to count the money at the end of the day and leave it in the safe and lock the door. Do you get a, like if you were to be supervisor, would you get a little bump pay wise? Um, not. Oh really. well, then why would anyone well, be a supervisor? Uh, I mean, uh, pre-COVID, no. Yeah, that's exactly. That's no one wants to be supervisor, but pre-COVID, no, because like you don't get tips when you're a supervisor, uh, so it ends up being like you make about the same. Okay. Um, but like in this post-COVID world, it's like the tips for the servers are right not, are going down a lot. A lot, so like right. supervisors do make a little more, but still, man, I, oh man, I will not. Wow. I will not. I mean, if there are any restaurants out there who would like to hire me, just know I will not be a supervisor. <laughs> That's a very specific thing. I guess a lot of things about you are very specific because it's just like somebody was like, "Hey, do you want to make more money and do something?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, okay." It's like I, I, I'm not the boss of a. Oh no, I, I can't. I can make a movie. I was going to say, didn't you co-direct a movie? And I like, no, I did not. But uh, I what, did have a lot of. You had a lot, yeah. People were going to you for a lot of things. I know, you had a lot of responsibility. So and you said in one of your like things you liked about that whole experience was like, oh, I can be the boss, and it's not bad, and it actually I did a good job of it. Yeah, but that's like something that I really care about. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, my. 
my part-time job, I'm kind of just like, I, I just talked to the manager. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, what did you do this week? This week, I uh, had a good week. I uh, received the pictures back from my uh, photo shoot from a few <gasps> weeks ago. Do we have ago. like a like top We have a few options for covers. And so uh, I've been messing around with those for a bit. I um, Someone else wanted me to sing a song of theirs uh, for money on off of soundbetter.com. And so I did that. Um, yeah, it's been good. I feel like we got uh, that Taylor Swift podcast up mm-hmm. uh, forevermore that if you haven't listened to our listening party review you can find that uh, just search two gay match listening party on Spotify it's a Spotify exclusive podcast because again we're interpolating the songs within the podcast itself so we have to pay the artists and pay ourselves so I, I mean that was it uh, working with a podcast company is just a new thing. I just I'm still learning about the best way to do it, and um, you know, there's a lot of emails to support. Oh, not in a bad way. Cause we love Anchor; they're doing a great job. But you know, I I can't do everything myself. I, unlike you, am very used to doing everything myself, mm-hmm. and like the idea of working with others or relying on others for things. Like when things aren't the way I exactly want them, it's just like a new you know a new hurdle to jump over. Yes, and, and I so. appreciate so much the fact that you are doing all of this. <laughs> hey. All you do the editing on the videos. I will deal with the podcast. I think it's a, it's a, an appropriate and fair. You know, um, everyone has their has their place. That's, that's, that's good in the two game mats world. It's beautiful. Though. It's really beautiful. Yeah. So you know, there was a lot of that, and then uh, we watched the prom. This morning? this morning, I don't know if are we gonna make a video about that. Like, what do you want to do with that? I mean, I don't think we really need to make a video. video. It's already been out. Okay, uh, it was cute. I had fun. I had fun. I especially loved the um, younger actresses, like Emma mm-hmm. and uh, Alyssa. What's the other girl's name? I believe. I forgot. Okay, well, I think it was Alyssa, <laughs> and uh, I thought they were really great. I thought their songs were really great. They were emotion and. Uh, I don't know. They're they're a camaraderie together. I believe they're romance, and was very affected by their romance. I thought they did a lovely job. Meryl, of course. Oh, I mean, yeah, an icon, fantastic. Uh, Andrew Randall did a great job. Who else was in it? Uh, I thought Tracy Ullman kind of killed it. Okay. Loved she it. came in for like a second. She I like know, had one you know, scene. You know, I love an actress who just comes in, steals the show in five seconds, and it's like, well, there's my, got my paycheck. And you know, we would be remiss not to talk about James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... When he first came on, I got more used to him as the movie went on. But when he first came on screen and was on that like red carpet, and he was just like, "Oh, everything is crazy." The very, just, it, it felt like the first lines <laughs> were definitely like the first things shot in the movie. Oh my god! The the like the gay lispiness of it all like definitely went down. It, you could tell Ryan Murphy was like, "Hey, like maybe turn it down a little." <laughs> yeah. It felt like I don't know, and it's, I'm not a person that thinks that every gay role needs to be done by a gay person, but. Like, like, I mean, if you're not going to give gay actors other things to do, you should probably give them the gay roles. But anyways, <laughs> um, but the way his affectations were just so over the top and so just like generalized 2003 visions of what I believe a gay person is that it's like, are you mocking me with this performance? Like, I, I felt like almost hate crimed via the screen. And I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, I, I and to, to, I mean, obviously not to spoil it, but like when he at a point has to like yell in tears, like, you know, like, I, you don't know what you'll never know what it's like to be like a gay person or whatever. And it's like, OK, <laughs> like I just was like, ah, it, it did. I mean, I'd read a lot about it. It was a shock when he first came on screen. I got more used to him as he went on. But the S's and the gay affectations did feel very 
very put upon. It just didn't. It didn't flow naturally out of him. Uh, I honestly thought I would be like more shocked by all of it, but mm. like honestly, I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm watching the prom. Yeah, it's cute. It's fun. It's cute. God bless whoever was running that steady cam though, because that camera was. Not stopping. Like, I know that was camera was moving. Ryan Murphy, even when she was in, inside making a video for YouTube, it's like she's spinning around the motherfucking room. I know, just like <laughs> we're gonna sing a really simple song. Like yes. that's gonna be the whole purpose of this. And it's just like Ryan Murphy's just like the bed's gonna spin. The bed's gonna spin. The bed's Don't gonna worry. spin. It's like <laughs> all right, go for it. Guess the bed is spinning. I mean, visuals upon visuals. Yes, say, it so keeps you watching. It's like. Why the hell not? Nicole, she gave you some zazz. She gave some zazz. I love Nicole. <laughs> Nicole was just, for some reason, so funny to me. I have no idea why. We need to, we, we just said we were going to make a gif of one moment near the end where Nicole's making a surprise face that just looks so real and she's like so it, genuinely surprised. It looks <laughs> like the genuine surprised look on her face just made it seem like, wait, did Nicole come in read the script? And the answer she, is no. Or is she just like discovering what the movie's about right now? Absolutely she is. <laughs> it's, there were, it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Oh, like they cut to her and you're like, wait, what? No, that? <laughs> like it's such a genuine surprise yes. look and it's just like, oh, this is this act, this is so too good to be acting. I like, know. She, there's no so way. So great. Yeah. I I Nicole came in as one of those celebrities that I guarantee is just like the most secretively fun. I mean, you've said that and I hope that that's true. I don't know that I get that from her. Oh, I I absolutely get that from her. I bet she's just a blast. I mean, we love it's it's like a hush hush thing. Okay, we love a fun lady. I hope that she's as fun as you you dream she is. I mean, I will say I was less annoyed with the prom than I expected to be. I thought more of it was cute than uh than not cute. Um I was much more interested in the love story between the two high schoolers than I was with any of the adults. But Keegan Michael Key did a good job as well. Mm. Um yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was just like I had to go into it knowing that it was an adult glee and it made me less annoyed. But I will say um cuz when I first heard the original cast recording I was like, "Oh, this feels like a very like very glee and everything." Yeah. Um and I someone told me, "Well, it is ish, but it sort of makes fun of that aspect a little bit. Like it, it kind of pokes fun at itself in the way like everything is very very sort of like on a basic level. They're like, "We have to help the gays and everything." Mm. And 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 I feel like that came across a bit, you know, more so than it? than it, then more so than in the cast recording, I would say. Oh, well, I didn't listen to the cast recording, yeah. but I I wouldn't I wouldn't I think it's taking itself seriously. I don't think it's supposed to, I don't think that it's poking fun at itself. When I saw it, I didn't think that. I felt like it it was a little bit. I, I feel like I definitely got it more watching the uh, full thing than from listening to the cast recording. Okay, okay. Yeah. I had fun. I It was, yes. I, the, I felt like the ballads, again, with the younger people were the highlights. The the bigger the number became, the worse the song became, I felt. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. You <laughs> didn't like, you happened? That one was okay. Yeah, that one was good. I'm um, really mad that they cut it short. Yeah. Like... It's longer in the show. Yeah, the main couple has like a moment together. Oh, well, they should. I want the main couple. That's I what know. I want the most of. Um, so, yeah, that one was of the up tempo, like big numbers, but like the opening stuff with them in New York was garbage. And the fi- <laughs> <laughs> the final number was bad. I like, thought it was funny. I thought the adults were the do- adults are the funny people. Mm. Like, they're the, the inside theater jokes. Okay. You know, so it's, I, I understood all of their humor. Great. Yeah. Okay, um, so are we ready to jump into news for idiots? Well, yes. I guess we kind of did. And here, I see this news story I and I'm so sad. It's horrible. So um, if you, ha- I hate to start us on a, off on a somber note, but I just wanted to, because there's not really much to say besides it's sad and horrible and devastating, but um, 
Nat, how do you say? Is it Natalie DeSalle Reed, mm-hmm. uh, star of Baps Eve, and also she was in uh, the Cinderella that we reviewed on Patreon a while back. Yeah, uh, starring Brandy. She passed away at fifty three, which is just devastating. What a classic actress that like you may not know her by name but as soon as you see her face and you think of her performances especially like i haven't even seen babs but i recognize her from babs oh it's i like, love that i need to see it but Babs like what so much fun iconic visuals like her and halle berry and apparently halle berry like days before had just tweeted about her and it tweeted about her babs experience and like posted a gif of babs and like shouted her out and it's just mm-hmm. like just awful and she was so good in cinderella like perfectly cast like so hilariously funny Sounded great. Like, I just was, it's just devastating because there are these legends that live among us that we don't think about all the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, she, 53 is too young. And I, what was it? Did you know? Did you find it? Was out? Colon oh, it was colon cancer. Oh, colon cancer. Oh, so it's just devastating. And so our hearts go out to um, anyone who was a fan of hers, of course, but of her friends and family and people close to her because 53 is far too young to have such a great talent taken away from us. So. You know, I mean, we always have the memories. We always have that Cinderella lives on. Oh, girl. my God. Like, if there's anything it. people talk. It's like, is it not on Disney Plus still? It's no. crazy if it's not. Why? I mean, I imagine uh, like a rights reason, maybe like a right, like a contractual reason. Like, I, I know they couldn't put out a soundtrack for it. Because um, Whitney? No, because of uh, Brandy. Oh, interesting. Brandy's people didn't want a soundtrack of the uh, Cinderella out. Like they didn't want a CD out there because they didn't want to like. Uh, tarnish her reputation as an R&B singer. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> but she, I feel like, you know, she's very much obviously known for her classic R&B albums, but like she's also very much known for Cinderella. Oh, yeah. And Moesha. It's just like, I bet I guess maybe at the time they want to just focus on one thing, but like, yeah. whatever. I feel like it's been 25 years. It's Let's been, get it's it been out. Long enough. It's and been long also enough. like Brandy now has been on Broadway. Yes. So it's like, she's a Broadway girl. I Put know. out the Cinderella. Uh, she's, she's everything. Soundtrack. Let's go. Much like Natalie and she, Natalie will be very missed. Um, also announced this week that Ellen DeGeneres tested positive for COVID. Uh, She tweeted out, hi everyone, I want you all to know that I tested positive for COVID-19. Fortunately, I'm feeling fine right now. Anyone who has been in close contact with me has been notified and I am following all proper CDC guidelines. I'll see you again after the holidays. Please stay healthy and safe. Love, Ellen. I was just like, shit. She's, it's not her year. I mean, I guess 2020 is nobody's year, but like, phew. Oh, it's it's very much, yeah, not her. Not Ellen's year. So, I mean, again, even if she's not my favorite all around, like, I hope she recovers and has a speedy recovery and that, you know, she and Portia can, you know, cohabitate yet again and, you know, as, as wife and wife. So, um... Maybe Ellen and Ashanti can quarantine together. Yes, because Asha- the Ashanti Keisha Cole's versus that I think was scheduled for Saturday got canceled because Ashanti has COVID. And then I did see someone, and maybe this is mean, but someone apparently Ashanti tweeted or Instagram like, "I can't believe I'm saying this, but like I have tested positive for COVID nineteen." And they like tweeted, they like highlighted all of the locations that she had I tagged that. on Instagram in the like past, all the like traveling. She's it's like, like, wow. You have been, you know, going around. So, I mean, you know, good thing that she had the verses because they had to um, test her for it and test all everybody Mm. who was going to be there. So, who knows if she would have known and infected people unknowingly. But it's like, Ashanti, maybe let's stay inside and not travel. And, like, let's just abide by the CDC guidelines. And even though it's the holidays, let's just stay home. (laughs) Is that so much to ask? So, again, um, prayers up for Ashanti and Ellen. Speedy recoveries for both of them. Um, I assume you've heard this news. Oh, yeah. So, um, apparently Sister Act 3 is happening, and Tyler Perry is going to produce a film for Disney+, and Whoopi Goldberg is officially in. How do you feel? 
I feel uh, like I am RuPaul, and I am <laughs> sternly stating, don't. <laughs> I mean, it is hard because there are so few movies that I feel like are so revered, and that the sequel is arguably even more revered than the original if not they're on the same level but like but people usually like expect like oh the sequel's gonna be like actively worse and sister act 2 is as much of a classic as sister act excellent yes. so it's like if the quality standard's that high yes who's writing this is what i want to know who i want to know who is writing this <laughs> who's writing well because we better get the best people involved absolutely because i will not stand for anything less than the perfection that is sister act one it's and Sister Act It's oh. also crazy that it took this long in a world that everything fucking gets rebooted. Every five minutes, things are getting mm-hmm. rebooted. And then as of like even last year, Whoopi's like, I mean, we're trying, but like people aren't biting. It's like, who's not, who's not biting, biting on like, a Sister Act 3? I would imagine the greatest, right? I would imagine if William Shakespeare was alive, he would be like, I want to work on Sister <laughs> right. Act 3. Right. Like every great writer, like you would be able to tap them for Sister Act 3. It like, seems like you should be able like to. Like every great comedy writer, because like, what comedy writer would hasn't been influenced by Sister Act? Right. That that's the screenplay of the first Sister Act is so good. Mm. Like it is just such perfect comedy that I can't imagine any writer not wanting to do it. So are you more excited for Sister Act three or Hocus Pocus two? I mean, I'm really excited. For, I, I'm more. <laughs> I'm excited and scared. Okay. As Little Red Riding Hood and Into the Woods would say, I want them to be excellent, mm. and so I'm. I am cautious. I'm uh, proceeding with caution. Hey, so Ryan I'm, taught us. I need to know who is writing. Yeah, I know Adam Shankman is directing the second Hocus Pocus. Did he direct the first one? No, Kenny Ortega, my hero, oh, Kenny Ortega, yes. directed the first one. Um, but Adam Shankman directed uh, the the Hairspray movie, the second Hairspray mm. movie, the musical one, which I thought he did a wonderful job yeah. with that. So I am, I am. Looking ahead. And sorry, I don't have the details for Hocus Pocus 2 on me, but uh, is that one going to be on Disney Plus as well? Is that the plan? I think I saw that it was. Well, I guess we got to get a Disney Plus login for you because I canceled mine after Black is King. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, I got it. Thank you. Um, So, yes, lots to look forward to there. And I think Disney Plus had an announcement of like announcing one trillion titles that are going to be coming to Disney Plus, most of which are like Marvel stuff. So it's like, I don't care. But apparently there are series coming for Moana and Tiana, the black princess from Prince and the Frog, of course. And um, again, several other things, a million other things that are coming to Disney Plus. So maybe they're trying to be the next big thing. I know that there is a like third Spider-Man 3. (laughs) <laughs> oh right There's a We're, spider And then all those Spider-Men are gonna be in it Yeah It's like Tobey Maguire And Andrew Garfield And Emma Stone and it, Like everyone On the planet Is reprising their roles hey. Maybe I'll reprise my role As Ricky Redmond uh, in Spider-Man 3. I mean, I can't wait to see that. It'd be amazing. <laughs> Ricky would be great in the Spider-Man universe. I also like, saw a rumor that like they're going to make him bisexual. And really? Boyfriend. It's not true. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true, I'm sure. But like, hey, if you need a redhead. Hey, if you need to be like the, the boyfriend of one of the spider, if you want to, you could be Andrew Garfield's boyfriend, which has always been what you wanted. At least in during oh social network. I could be his boyfriend. You love that long neck. I love that long <laughs> you neck. You love that long neck. And I think he loves the gays. I feel like he's like one of those people who's like, I'm basically gay for ha- except for having sex with women, which is like a little annoying, but like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, girl, can you name all of Jan Maxwell's Broadway credits? Until you can, you're not gay. Okay, so. let's, I don't couldn't pick Jan Maxwell out of a lineup. Well, maybe, you should. So I don't know. Oh, I don't know her. I'm sorry. You're on thin ice. I know Janet Jackson, if that's what you mean. Uh, Close, but 
not quite the same. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so, have you heard about all this Shia LaBeouf stuff? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! So, FKA Twigs came out, and I believe she is suing Shia LaBeouf, um, citing. Uh, a relentlessly abusive relationship. I'm not going to go into all the details of what he did during their relationship because it's truly like traumatizing. Like I was texting a friend about this and she was like, should I read what he did during this relationship? I'm just like, no, but like long story short, um, it includes uh, his, her accusations include um, sexual battery and knowingly giving her an STD. Uh, he is very jealous of the fact that she used to date Robert Pattinson and would like accuse her of like being obsessed with him. There was just like a lot of sexual and physical violence from, uh, you know, on his part. And it's just like, it's a reminder that no matter how rich and famous or, you know, powerful you are, you can be in a relationship like that that is abusive and. You know, you always imagine, I feel like everyone's always like, oh, I would never get in that kind of relationship. If that was me, I would leave automatically, blah, blah, blah. But if you are being manipulated and completely lied to and abused pathologically, like you don't really know how you react until you're there. Like you, if you're in a situation that you're fearful for your life and you're in a one-on-one situation with the person that's supposed to be closest to you, like how does that not completely fuck you up? So yeah, it's just well, And the terrifying. thing is like when you're dating someone, you, when you're in a, how long were they dating? I think just a year. Okay. But like, I mean, that's still a long period of time. But it's right. like when you're dating someone, you get to know them and you know their good qualities. Yes. And so what, I feel like if something like this were to happen, like you're just like, but no, like I know how good mm. he is or means to be. But, you know, so we can overcome this. I imagine that's sort of right. could be in the mindset. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's just like it's I feel like in any sort of breakup situation, you it kind of takes a lot of gumption to do it. But if you're in a relationship with someone who's abusive, you not only have to break up, you have to have like an escape plan. You have mm-hmm. to have like a way to get out of the clutches of this person who is, you know, an abusive monster. And so there's just so many more steps to leaving than just like, oh, I'll just pack my things in the night. It's like he slept with a gun by his bed. Who knew what he was going to do? It was just like mm. crazy. And then Sia came out and so in support of FKA Twigs saying that Shia tricked her into an adulterous relationship, uh, referred to him as a pathological liar, uh, conned me into an adulterous relationship, claiming to be single. I believe he's very sick and have compassion for him and his victims. Just know if you love yourself. Stay safe and stay away. And it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, just, that's when Sia like came out and said something. I was like, well, well, because I always was like, why is Shia LaBeouf randomly in this music in this Elastic Cards video, video yeah. with uh, that girl at the time, that young girl, but Maddie, Maddie, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Maddie Ziegler. Um, so I would also like to think that like if we're in the business of. I mean, if cancel culture is real, could you do your thing here, please? I don't need to see Shia LaBeouf in anything. I don't need to hear about him ever again. Like, the shit you can read about his relationship with FKA Twigs is so damning and disgusting and horrifying. And I think he came out and said, even though some of these details are false, I have been abusive to myself and the people around me my entire life. Or like, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, okay, that's all I needed to hear. That is you confirming that there's truth to this. And like, that's enough out of you. I hope you enjoy private life and get the help you need and can afford. So, I don't want to see you on a screen again. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I hope he does what he needs to do. Private gets, life. Gets better and everything ends up okay. And, I mean, all the love to FKA Twigs. who didn't deserve that at all. So, um, in happier news, um, 
queen of fooling us all into thinking she could sing, Jessica Simpson has signed a multimedia rights deal at Amazon. So basically on the success of her best-selling memoir, Open Book, um, there are two new series based on uh, Simpson's best-selling memoir that are coming out. One series will be an unscripted docu-series, and the other will be a scripted coming-of-age series that's kind of about Jessica in her 20s going through what she goes through in the book, open book, which I still need to read or uh, listen to an audible, one of the two. Um, but I just am so excited to get her back on our screens and the fact that she's going to be back in like a reality capacity. She's I, so great. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> obviously it's not going to be the same as like Chicken of the Sea, like back in the day, newlyweds of it all. But yeah. like she she is a star and yeah. we have been and of course she's, you know, a billionaire or whatever and like has that shoe line. Like she doesn't need to be on TV if ever she didn't want to be. But like it would really brighten up our days. She's good at it. She's might good as well at give it. us the nostalgia. I mean, yes. if we're rebooting Hocus Pocus, we're yes. rebooting Sister Act, might as well reboot Newlyweds. I know. I mean, I but know. with not Nick Lachey. <laughs> of course not. No. Uh, I, I just, I'm excited for her. And I'm also like selfishly excited of thinking like, okay, so if Open Book was like Jessica's The Meaning of Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume we're getting a film with the meaning of Mariah Carey. Like, there's been talk of Lee Daniels making something. And mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Fallon asked Mariah, like, oh, who do you think should pay- play you <laughs> when she was on The Tonight Show recently? And she's like, well, I mean, it's going to need to be someone with a really big range. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved, but also was like, girl, just have them lip sync to you. Like, I don't need to hear <laughs> no anyone one, no. try to sing Vision of Love, you know? Um, but back to Jessica, I'm excited about it. I feel like there's not been more goodwill for Jessica Simpson ever like well okay this is wonderful and i'm so excited for jessica but like when are we also rebooting ashley's music career i mean you don't have to tell me twice (laughs) you do not have to we honestly need to do a patron only like fucking oh autobiography review that's an iconic that is an iconic yeah and like ashley we love that you're doing the broadways but yes and i think she put an album with her husband you know diana ross's son i believe is her husband son i believe son Wow, how, yeah. how old is he? He's um maybe grandson. I don't know. He's, he's he's like not a crazy age for Ashley to be married to. Okay. Yeah. Uh I don't know if it's grandson or son, but uh they're together and that's great. Uh and it's nice that you made music together, but if you could make music on your own. <laughs> like I just I feel like that's what we need. So I you know, justice for the Simpson sisters because I feel like the people it's the perfect nostalgia place that they're oh, in. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, I feel like nostalgia always runs like twenty years. Like yes. behind, so it's like in the nineties, the seventies really came back. In yes. the early two thousands, everyone was all about the eighties. In the two thousand tens, people were like the nineties, the nineties. Yes. Now in twenty twenties, it's going to be all about the early two thousands. Right. So, did you hear this Matthew McConaughey shit? Oh yeah. So Matthew McConaughey was on Russell Brand's podcast, which like name a sentence that I could care less about, <laughs> but uh, he was being interviewed by Russell Brand uh, on politics and quote-unquote the left, and he was asked if he noticed uh, condemnation and cr- criticism of ordinary, quote-unquote, ordinary working people in Hollywood when discussing politics. And Matthew McConaughey says, there's a lot of on that illiberal left that absolutely condescend, patronize, and are arrogant towards that other 50%. I'm sure you saw it in our industry when Trump was voted in four years ago. They were in denial that it was real. Some of them were in absolute denial. And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, people are in the people on the right are in denial that Trump has lost and equates the two things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he likes to decide, he says that he's aggressively centrist, like he's absolutely in the middle and like everybody's wrong on polarized sides. And it's like, okay, there's one million things wrong with this, but the uh, fact that you could equate 
Donald Trump supporters seeing that he has lost, knowing he has lost and trying to overturn the election results versus liberal people being like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. Not the same. It's not the same, especially. And then they're saying, oh, well, you know, the the left was trying to say that, you know, everything was Russia's fault and it's illegitimate and everything. And it's kind of like, well, because there was proof that that that, okay, even if like the votes were counted correctly, like that, that Russia did meddle in, you know, the media and social media and, and all that kind of stuff. So so there was like actual proof of that. There was literally no proof. None. None that Donald Trump was anywhere near winning this no, election. No, and, None and, and it's all based on the fact of like, okay, the mail in votes got counted later, but like, what did you think was going to happen when the mail in votes got counted? Joe Biden said, hey, mail in your vote, there's coronavirus out there. <laughs> and Donald Trump said, blah, 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 don't do that. And so, of course, he's going to fucking lose those by a fucking wide margin. And mm. I just feel like it's so, it's like you are a rich, straight, white cis man, and you're going to sit here and say that, like, the liberals being condescending is the same as the right being like homophobic, xenophobic, like transphobic, like wanting to overturn the election and undermine democracy as it. it's like, mm. this is why we can't reach across the aisle. The divide is too big. What someone on the far right thinks is truly like against America and all of its ideals and what it was built on. And what I think is like, you know, I'd like to have some rights. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I. I understand what he was trying to say. I don't think his way of going about it, like the whole like aggressively this and, and calling. I mean, I also understand there are absolutely problems with extremes of anything. Yes, but to then also use the term like the like illiberal left, you know oh. how that's gonna read like in a, a on a piece in media and right. everything. You know that that's also going to read as an. Ex- extreme right. you know like you like villainize like you are actively villainizing people when and complaining that when they villainize other people like right. you're it's doing like, sort of the so same what, thing that they're doing helpful? so so i i don't think it was very helpful i mean i i don't i i don't the problem is it's sort of like the georgia thing mm. it's like of course like our side is very very upset there is gerrymandering there is voter suppression and everything and that is why you have to actively work towards like countering that right and it's very it's a lot harder for democrats to be elected and have the majority than it is for republicans so that is where the frustration on our end lies because it 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 feels so infinitely harder on our end to have the majority and to have our say which is crazy because we are the majority. Exactly. Like population wise, right. you know, so, so that is where our frustration lies, but it's like, obviously we have to keep working at it and I have faith, but it's just, it it's just like, time. don't equate the two when I, it's like what the liberal left is fighting for is for like black people not to be killed by police and for people to be allowed to vote and not have voter suppression. And the right is literally fighting for a dictatorship at this point. It's not the same thing. Mm. This whole, like both sides of it all, like you've got to see everything from every point of view. It's like, no, that point of view is a piece of shit. And like, I don't, I don't respect it. I don't have to engage with it. And I just have no time for it. That's an exception the response so fuck you Matthew McConaughey all right oh okay (laughs) those are my feelings uh okay Matthew this is a story for you Zach Rance Uh (laughs) who was on Big Brother with Frankie Grande uh what Big Brother was that that was Big Brother 16 Big Brother 16 has announced that he is bisexual he says quote I have been straight my entire life I've only liked women but on Big Brother Frankie and I got super close uh Frankie Grande if you don't know is Ariana Grande's brother half brother maybe and uh I fell in love with who he was as a person he was the first guy I've ever hooked up with I then read the article and read 
I feel like his interview points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone should be able to assign whatever label they want to on themselves. Mm-hmm. But did he, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Did he not say like, oh, I'd never like do anything more than make out with a guy? There there was that quote in okay. there. I, I don't know if that means like he only made out with him or if like he did more with him uh, and he didn't like doing more. He just like right. making out aspect. Right. I don't know what those details are. Right. My thing. Yes. And I could be very, very wrong about this. And if I am, I apologize. Oh, God. Here we go. Please don't get us canceled. No. (laughs) At first, I was like, oh, that's, this is, okay, this is fun news. Yeah. Cool. I guess he, because on the show, there was very much a a plot in the editing that uh, he, he and Frankie had sort of like, he was straight and Frankie was gay and they had sort of like a little friendship, like bromance type thing. And, And it was very much played up on the show. First of all, I hated season 16 because, <laughs> because I felt like a lot of people were sort of like playing things up for the, for the camera mm, sometimes, mm. Um, which I totally understand. Lord knows I play things up for the camera all the time. No. <laughs> but <laughs> Zach was always a little bit that person. Mm. Like he always felt like he was like pushing a little too hard okay. for the attention on the show. So I thought about this and I was kind of just like. If he is genuinely coming out as bi... Oh, no, I'm really... Like if, if he is genuinely coming out as bi, that's wonderful, and I celebrate it, and go do your thing, make out with a lot of boys. But I was also kind of just like, wait, but he also is a little bit of an attention seeker. Is this a lie? Jesus Christ. Because I did not see the pictures, but apparently pictures just came out like a few minutes ago of him and Jose, who was on Big Brother 18, like... Posing for pictures together where like Jose is like massaging Zach's butt and everything. Is Jose gay then? Jose is gay, yes. And so it's kind of like, is he doing this for a news story? I mean, I know he has a new podcast. And you know, as as a person who has a spinoff podcast, Two Gay Men's The Listening Party. You got to promote. <laughs> you got to so like, promote. If this is a lie, I mean, good on, I guess, do what you got to right. do, girl. But if it is true, that's wonderful. Yes. Go make out with more boys. Exactly. Um, and we love to see gay male representation. So I hope yeah. that it's true because I feel like that's always a thing where, you know, girls can be bisexual, but like if a guy does anything with a guy, they're totally gay. And it's like, that's just so, that's not, we're in 2021. Keep up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I just had some questions with the story okay just just a couple wow uh, just a couple questions my gosh i mean you're really making statements here so i, I well i'm just saying like huh huh <laughs> okay well huh indeed let's take a quick break and we'll be back soon with more two game ads podcast okay my hands on the mic so that means i'm ready okay <laughs> so holding firm and containing my excitement. All right. Email my heart. Yes. Which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. Mm-hmm. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. First email comes from Bruno. Bruno's subject line is future past. Mm. Hi, Mats. In the last few years, pretty much everything is getting a revival. And I blame Selena Gomez for that. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, but it's like Celine Dion once said, it's all coming back. Bruno, what a song. I love it. Bruno uh, gets it. Bruno gets it. He's just... Full of uh, all the puns. Uh, Movies, TV shows, and more. And recently music as well. We've got Mariah re-releasing songs. Taylor is re-recording her old albums. Britney's Hmm. Glory was just re-released. I might be overdoing with references, but Dua Lipa got it right. We're kind of living a future nostalgia. 
I feel like the past is the future in many ways, and I don't know if this is good or not, but let's worry about it later, because for now, I want to know what song or album or artist or movie or TV show or whatever you think should make a comeback. And no, I'm not talking about The Comeback, which is a great TV show with Lisa Kudrow that also came back just a few oh, years ago. I personally, It's a great show. It's a fucking amazing oh, show. Both seasons. Absolutely. I personally want happy endings back on TV, oh and I think Matt Palmer would want that as well. But let us know what you guys want back beside our normal lives. Happy endings is up there for me. I like just recently had to take a break from my rewatching because it's only three seasons. And for me to rewatch it every night is, you know, I have to switch it up. So I'm moving since HBO Max has friends and I used to watch friends growing up when I would fall asleep. I'm rewatching it now from the beginning. And it's like this is still comforting for me. But let me think a little bit more besides happy endings. It's just a perfect show. Casey Wilson is putting out a book. I believe it's entitled. Um, oh, I need to find the title. It's something very I think the wreckage of my presence, which is a great <laughs> That's title. A great title. <laughs> That's a great um, like album title. Absolutely. Make an album? Can she sing? Oh, she sings a little for fun, but okay. she's a brilliant woman, a brilliant comedian, and that whole cast. Um, Damon Wayans Jr. is really great on that show. Yeah, it's just a great show. But let me think of something else. But Matt Steele, you go. Oh Jesus, I don't know. No, Sweetie, <laughs> you read the question. The time you were talking. Oh, I was reading the question, so I couldn't figure it out. Why what do I you wanted. think she come back? Oh my God. I mean. We need some more revivals on Broadway. <laughs> oh, God, do we? Yeah. Everyone loves a good revival, but like a revival of a show that's never been revived. Which show? Like some best musical winners that have never been revived. It's like a Two Gentlemen of Verona or like a Redhead. Ever heard of these two musicals? No. No, but they are best musical winners and you would never know. Wow. I know because they've kind of like disappeared into the world. Oh, my gosh. Um, so something I, fun like that. I would like a return I've been on I've been on a Christina Milian kick recently. I don't know if someone anyone mm. caught my Instagram stories a couple of weeks ago, but there's a song by Christina Milian that the Dream Road called Zipper, and it's just one of the best songs ever that never got released, and I'm still mad about it. Like eleven years later, it's so good. It's like Umbrella Who, like what a great song, and. That her for a debut single, AM to PM, is such a fucking bop. Like, what a perfect song. I remember when I first started, like, producing music in, you know, around that time, like, 2000, 2001 kind mm-hmm. of time. I remember being very inspired by that sound, specifically. Like, a lot of the orchestra hits, very fast singing. It just is, like, a a perfect pop song of that time period, and it deserved more, and it deserved better. So let's bring it back. All right, let's bring back Christina Milian. Yes. Christina, Tina from the movie Surfers. Oh, she's also gorgeous. But. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, And I think she's pregnant again. Oh, we're not getting music anytime soon, I, I guess. Because <laughs> we're going to have to wait know. for that comeback in a couple of years. Well, listen to her album, It's About Time. That was also another one of my favorites. That's a lot of great songs. It's what Deep Dip It Low comes from. Oh, that's an oh. iconic song. Oh. And when she's in that ink in the video. Yeah. Iconic. Uh, let's also bring back the Spice Girls because it's been a year. Like, let's go. Well, I mean, are they still the Spice Girls if Victoria won't do it? They'll, she'll do it. I've heard rumors oh, come that they're on. thinking of something. <laughs> Literally like once every six months, there's, there's like, like a, a there's an article and there's a rumor that they're all coming back. And I'm just, and everyone always sends it to me and they're like, are you excited? And I'm just like, there's, this, we have this every six months. And <laughs> this like, isn't real. It's only come to fruition twice, once in 2007 and once in 2019. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to count my Did all five of them get back together in 2019? They took a picture together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they took a picture together. All right. Uh, this question. Oh, Lord. Let me find it again. Okay. This one is from Donnie. A Beyonce Christmas album. 
Mm. Hi, Matt's Christmas albums and pop divas have made a ma- or have been a match made in heaven since Mariah changed the game in '94. However, I can't help but notice a pop diva without a solo Christmas album. Mm. Beyonce. I know Destiny's Child had a phenomenal album, but I wonder why Beyonce has never went for a solo project, especially pre 2011, when she was an anti commercial success. Lol. Mm. Do y'all think the window has passed for this? If so, when do y'all think she should have released one? Um, I have no opinion on Christmas albums. <laughs> I think I've said before, like Christmas music, um, is something that I've always liked, but mm. never something that I've turned on on my own accord. Like I've never actively like gone out of my way to listen to Christmas music. Mm. I've just sort of been spoiled with it always being there. Like when it's Christmas time, I will start to hear Christmas music. Right. Either. But you never like, like seek it out. I never seek it out. Yeah. Um. I think I don't think it's too late. I mean, a lot of people before you know Mariah made it cool for young people to do it. A lot of people would do it, you know, later on in their careers. And so I think that'd be cool, especially if she had like a big soulful, like bandy kind of. Um. I well, I just hear a lot of brass uh, in a Beyonce Christmas album. I think that's still on the table for her if it's something she wants to do. I would love to hear her do like a, a this Christmas something a little more timeless because I will say I haven't revisited the Destiny's Child Christmas album that much, but. Even at the time, I was like, this doesn't, it feels, it feels so of its time. And I'm going to talk about something and giving you moments that people are like, bitch, whatever. <laughs> it felt, but I remember like Eight Days of Christmas, just the single felt so of its time and not like something that could last forever, like a classic Christmas album could. And so maybe she should, I think having like really good brass based orchestrations behind her, her doing like a big version of this Christmas. Like, I don't know. I think that could be really cool. Like just having her take on a Christmas album. I think, you know, it's never too late personally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would like a regular studio album first. Of course. I I mean, thinking about lemonade last night. Aren't we always thinking about lemonade? Because I was thinking about like artists like going outside of their box and everything. And I was just like, huh. Yeah. On an album, Beyonce went outside of her box like two times. She had a country song and she had a rock song. And they were both like the two arguably best songs on the album. So it's like, oh, she did it. Yes. I mean, we're not even talking about the visual. Like, there's just. Yeah. I I went down like. It's also. Okay. This is a little bit left field. I will say someone. I did a bad thing this week. Mm. And you, you should never just, you know, put in your name or your podcast name into the search bar on Twitter, but I did it. <gasps> search for two gay mats. Uh-huh. Someone is mad at us. Oh no. <laughs> because they feel like uh, we're not fully talking about why it would be problematic for Folklore to win album of the year for uh, the third time. And we're just talking about how uh, she, that we don't like the album. And it's like, okay, fine. I can tell you, of course it's bullshit that Beyonce has never won album of the year. That black people get overlooked for these major categories every single year. People like Beyonce and Mariah Carey should have won that award. And put out the albums of of decades. Yes, of their entire lives, of all of our entire lives and be completely overlooked. And the fact that Taylor gets these awards for albums that, you know, I don't think... Anyone has put out an album as important as Lemonade in the past 20 years. No, you know what no, I mean? No, no, like, no, I no. D- just period. And like Adele, who won that year, would say the same thing. So that is some fearless feedback that, again, I don't listen to a lot of feedback, but I was like, okay, I can go into this a little bit more. It's fucking racist. The Grammys are fucking racist. Like, and like, you said that in the video. I said I mean, it in the video, in the, but maybe I didn't say it, say it in the podcast. And maybe they didn't see that. Yeah, maybe uh, they didn't see that. So let me just add some context there. Um, so, um, I don't even remember how I got here. See, I feel like that's just kind of like an assumed thing. It's just like, oh, well, I mean, of course. Of co- I mean, yes, of course, everything's fucking racist. But like it is it is just a, a bad thing for, you know, the fact that black art gets so overlooked. But, 
you look back at Lemonade and you're just like, God, it was perfect. Oh, this will stand it's going the test to of time last the rest so of our lives. And just hearing like the quotes, like I read interviews from like the people who collaborated with her yeah. in the making of Lemonade, and they're all just like Jack White's, just like she's incredible like right. the, how hands-on she is and how she like was so creative throughout the process yes. like like i was just amazed and it's just like of course you were <laughs> <laughs> like of course you were I and know. just the fact that she is so eager to to work with like this vast like array of people it's just it's just so inspiring do you think she was serious about the like I'm taking a break. The quarantine has taught me that I'm best when I'm still and like I'm raising my kids, etc. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, uh, but if it is a break, then I hope she gets inspired and at some point. Very, and the thing is, even if it's a break, it's very earned, of course. But I just feel like we as the world <laughs> would love a Beyonce album. Mm-hmm. That was just hers. I, I would love yeah. it. I mean, honestly, you all should have listened to Blackest King more than you did. And I'm so mad at you all for it. But hey, she's still got nine Grammy nominations this year somehow. So, yeah, I mean, that that's her. amazing. So. So yeah. All right. Um, so this is giving me moments. Yes. This section giving me moments where I'm gonna talk about it in a moment. But one of uh, the emails that we got from Jennifer yeah. is actually asking about something that is my giving me moments. Oh, perfect. So she says, Jennifer says, Hello, hope is all is well. Despite the horror show that was twenty twenty, we survived. Mm. I think that deserves a round of applause. Uh, no Gaga in parentheses. Mm. Uh, this time of year, I usually look forward to going to the movies and seeing this year's best. However, Rona has upended my plans. I'm asking for your advice. I can't watch another bad film or TV show this year. So what do you recommend? I'm personally looking forward to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom mm. and Regina King's directorial debut. I'm absolutely looking for Ma, looking forward to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as well. I, it's apparently incredible and amazing. Mm. And she's the front runner to win Best Actress, which I'm very excited oh, about. Oh, I didn't know that. That's um, but yeah, but I'm going to recommend a movie for you, Jennifer. Um, if you have not seen the uh i keep calling it the sound of metal mm. it's just called sound of metal because okay. i just think of the sound of music of course <laughs> so I, I always like add the in the beginning but it's just called sound of metal and it's on amazon prime and i had heard a lot of things about this movie like film twitter was really really loving it so i was mm. i was excited to watch it starring riz ahmed who i loved in the movie nightcrawler back in 2014 it is a jake yeah, that's with well. Jake Gyllenhaal okay. um, and Renee Russo, who's fucking great. All right. Um, but anyway, about Sound of Metal, <laughs> uh, it is about a, a drummer, uh, a metal drummer, mm. who starts to go deaf, who starts to lose his hearing mm. after several years, you know, like on the road. Um, he's also a recovering heroin addict, uh, and so he starts to lose his hearing, and so he gets admitted into a sort of like a. A facility like in the woods mm. where uh, like newly deaf people can like start to like learn sign language and everything and they have to be cut off from social media. They can't have their phone. They can't talk to, you know, their loved ones and everything. And it is a truly wonderful movie. It's wow. it's getting, you know, a lot of Oscar buzz, obviously, for Riz Ahmed. But there is a performance by Paul Racy, who plays the... Um, and the guy who runs the facility who lost his hearing later in life and everything... Um, and he, his performance is just so excellent. He, he, it sort of sneaks up on you. Like, you know, he's in the movie throughout and he's good and he's good and everything, but then he delivers this incredible monologue that is so beautifully done. And it's just like, oh, he needs to be nominated for best supporting actor. Mm. Um, and you know, there is some stuff involving like, I'm not going to like spoil anything, but like cochlear implants mm. and how there is the debate in within the deaf, deaf community about whether to get them, whether or not to get them and mm. everything. Um, and the things that are done with sound in this movie are just so 
excellent. Like wow. it's constantly changing to sort of, it takes you into his perspective and then out of his perspective. It's just, and then showing you like what is heard through cochlear implant mm. and everything. And it's just so fascinating. So well done there. And then I, I don't really want to spoil anything, yeah. but I'm going to spoil some stuff. Oh God, here um, we go. He goes after, and when he's done in the facility, he gets back together with his girlfriend who is the lead singer of his band. Mm. And, uh, Things have changed for him so significantly and there is a scene where, you know, they spend the whole day together and they you can tell he's like realizing like, wow, it's only been like a few months, but like my life has changed so drastically. Therefore, like my life with her has changed so Mm. drastically. And there is a a scene where they sort of like realize that Mm. that is so well written and so well done. I don't like want to say what happens because it's not like it's anything crazy but it's just so well done with so few words okay. and i'm just saying watch it it's okay. excellent jennifer i hope you enjoy it i hope jennifer enjoys it too i'm interested that was a you know that was a good pitch oh I no was, it's very very that. good i'm sorry it's on netflix it is no it's on amazon prime amazon prime okay yes i can watch that um so my giving you moments is you know as completely hypocritical based on my feedback of the destiny shot christmas album mm. but What's been giving me moments? I am the opposite of Matt Steele. And when it comes to Christmas music, like I love it. I live for it. It's just as soon as it hits, like truly November 1st, but openly after Thanksgiving, I'm like, okay, we got the Merry Christmas to you playlist going. Well, also, I also take it for granted because I know I will hear it through your wall. That's and true. And it will feel like Christmas exactly. through the wall. So it's like, why should I play it when Matt Palmer's already <laughs> playing it? It's true. And I think for the first time in a long time, I listened through... Christina Aguilera's My Kind of Christmas album, mm-hmm. which was released in the year 2000. It opens with Christmas Time, which is, you know, kind of like a Shakespeare candy kind of ripoff song, but still about Christmas, even though it's like a mix of dance and R&B and the turn of the millennium, which sounds crazy. But throughout the rest of the album, I have never heard a more like unhinged vocal performance. (laughs) It just is so, of course, Mariah is her, you know, everything at this point. And she is, you know, it seems seemingly citing only the run at the end of vision of love as like, okay, this is my vocal template for this album. Like Mm -hmm. every note is 11 notes. And I just, I'm not a person who has a problem with that. Of course, like I listen to a big pop diva, but like you get to her, Oh, holy night. You get to her Merry Christmas, baby. And you're just like, Christine. <laughs> like, it's really like it. I, I guess it could be deemed as like kind of like overdone or like annoying. But like, I find it so hilarious that I'm just like. <laughs> and the thing is, she's hitting all of the notes. Of course, she has a great voice. But you just watch her. You listen to her do it on the recording. And then if you watch her do it live, it's like. Are you breathing? Like, is this even naturally coming out of you? It's like everything's a growl into a run into like a whistle. And it's like you're just doing so much. There's no restraint. There's no like, you know, we're going to start painting softly and then build. It's like, no, no, everything's mm-hmm. a belt. Everything's a run. And it just makes me so happy because like you listen to her version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And it's just like, if the fates alone. <laughs> 
And it's just like, <laughs> yes, like, of course you needed to growl and run through. That's what Judy Garland would have wanted Absolutely. for you to do exactly that. And you listen to it back to back to like uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s Christmas album has several songs on it I really like. Or even uh, Kelly Clarkson's cover of Happy Shuffle and Merry Little Christmas is very understated in comparison. But Christina is really going balls to the wall. And I love it. I, if I was her at that age, I would do the exact same thing. And it fills me with so much joy. I have not heard this album in full, but like I can, you, I can imagine. And I imagine it's just one of those things where like when it comes out mm. at the time, you're just like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is this? What is this? But then right. 20 years later, you're it's just like, like iconic. I, it's like, just like this a was a time. Like what you are really like, I have my debut album. I have a couple number ones on my belt. I'm the vocalist. So I will be singing every syllable. And it's like, okay. Good for <laughs> Like you. I love that no one was like, Maybe you should dial it back a li- just no, a little bit because she knew she's like no. Twenty years down the line, one little gay <laughs> is going to hear this album and feel so happy. Yes, it's going to that inspire. I just had no restraints. It's just the most unleashed you'll ever hear a person sing, and it's just so indulgent. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it makes it makes my day. And obviously, honestly. there is something to be said for restraint. Absolutely, we love some great restraint. Yes, but sometimes. You just love someone who just goes. You're just it. singing to the back of the house, and yeah. it makes my day. I like just it. I was cackling listening to this album. It really, really brought me a lot of joy this week. So thank you, Christina, for having the balls to just sing like no one was watching. <laughs> so, oh, I just I love it. I so, can't wait for your Christmas album when you do the same. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm older than she was at the time, so I would think that I would have a little restraint at this point, but. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Power Music. And at It's Matt Steele. At Two Game Mats for both of us. And also make sure to listen to our new spinoff podcast, Two Game Mats The Listening Party, available only on Spotify. And uh, you'll listen to us go track by track about some songs that we like, full albums that are up now that uh, we were reviewing, our Miley Cyrus Plastic Hearts, and Taylor Swift's new release, Evermore. Um, that's available now. And we love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back more with two, with uh, more Two Game Mats. Stay safe out there. Yes. Bye everybody. Bye.